Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you all had a lovely weekend. I can't believe we're into September now. When you're listening to this, we're probably like mid-September, which is actually baffling to me. The summer went so quickly. It also very much feels like summer's over, doesn't it? Like today and yesterday have just been the greyest, gloomiest days. As soon as I woke up, you could just tell the difference in how bright, or well, in this case, how dark your room was. It just felt like a proper winter's day. I low-key kind of like it though. Something very cozy about it. And it's really it's really nice on those days to just like cozy up and not feel guilty about not being out and about. Do you know what I mean? Like a nice, a cozy grey weekend, snuggled up on the sofa, binge watching movies and series with your dogs laid on top of you. You just sometimes you can't beat it in cozy clothes. I'm I am kind I'm low-key kind of ready to ditch the summer clothes you know I need I'm sick of going out in a hoodie and then having to take it off because I'm sweating like I love my baggy clothes and my big comfy cozy hoodies no I don't necessarily want it to be zero degrees (laughs) to the point that when you're wearing all your layers in your big puffer coat and you're still freezing I don't love that kind of weather but I don't know I do like the gloomier days I'm actually quite lucky though, I still have a summer holiday to look forward to, which is really weird because we normally always go away at the very start of summer, either June or July, and this is the first time we're going away in September. And it's weird because it feels like summer's over, but yeah, I'm going to be packing like bikinis and stuff to go away. It's actually a really nice way to do it though, because you kind of look forward to it all summer, you know, that's on the horizon. You come back with a bit of a tan when everyone else hasn't seen the sun in a minute. I have decided I'm going to introduce just a tiny little section at the start of every podcast giving you my recommendation of the week. It can be anything from an app to a restaurant, a recipe, a brand of clothing, literally anything, any recommendation I may have, a beauty product, doesn't matter what. I thought it'd just be a good way to share things that I've been loving recently. So I'm going to give you two recommendations for this week. My first recommendation of the week is going to be a restaurant, so I apologise to anyone who doesn't live in Belfast. But last night I went out for dinner with my boyfriend. We went to a Mexican place on the Stramless Road. It's called Number One Tacos. Or maybe it's just called Number One. I don't know. Anyway, they do really good tacos. It's a tiny, tiny little unit right in the middle of Stramless Road. You wouldn't really, I mean, not that you wouldn't notice it, but it's just so small and it kind of just looks like a cafe from the outside, like you wouldn't really expect it to be a restaurant, but it's a little bring your own restaurant, which is even better. We absolutely love a bring your own. Makes it so cheap, like such a good cheap night out if you're a student or if you just want a cheap night out with the girls, whatever it is. Ridiculously quick service because it's so small. Like we were literally in and out of the place in under an hour and guys... The tacos were just so good. I am a big taco person. Well, just Mexican food in general. I am obsessed with Mexican food. Everywhere I go, I try and get Mexican food, really. Like any new city I go to, I always want to try different Mexican restaurants. Oh my God, I'd fucking love to go to Mexico and try the real McCoy. But yeah, couldn't recommend it enough. We got the loaded nachos. I got the sweet potato and bean taco and the cauliflower taco. And we got the seasoned fries with garlic and lime dip and mango habanero dip. It was incredible. 
Guys, you know what? I'm going to give you a second recommendation of the week just because this thing literally just arrived in the post there now and I'm too psyched about it to not mention it. So basically up until probably last summer, yeah, up until last summer, all my holidays prior to that, I would have been buying like my bikinis from just like fast fashion labels and I always despised how shit the quality of them was. I mean, you're paying little money so you know something that's cheap it's not really going to be great quality is it and I just hated it the fact that you know you'd go swimming in it twice and it was already ready to be thrown in the bin the fitting of them was terrible your nipples were always coming out all this stuff right I just absolutely despise them so since trying to stop purchasing from fast fashion brands and it came to last summer to buying bikinis and obviously like your fast fashion bikinis they don't last you from one summer to the next, do you know what I mean? They last you for that summer and then they're dust. So it got to last summer and I was like, I need to buy good quality bikinis that are actually going to last me a lifetime and also just fit me so much better and actually look good, do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of different reasons for actually, but the thing is as well, when you actually think about it, how much money you've probably spent on all the summer holidays you've been on, on all these shite bikinis that have barely lasted you, you're better off just putting that money into something a little bit more expensive. So anyway, I thought I'll get something good, but I also don't want to pay like £200 for my bikini. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to fucking Hansa G bikini for 200 quid. It's just not happening. I don't have the money for it. So I ended up purchasing from this brand called Boho Rose. And that is my recommendation of the week. So last summer I got two matching set bikinis, one wee brown bandeau one with like, you know, those like nice rings in the middle of the bandeau. And I also got a wee lilac one and then I got like a separate, just like a wee thong nude bottom that's really good for sunbathing because, you know, for tan lines and stuff. And it also is handy because it's nude, it literally goes with everything. I bought them last summer and I could not recommend the brand more. It is such good quality. I have worn those sets so many times. There is no sign of any wear whatsoever. Like I literally can see them lasting me for the next 10 years. They're so flattering. I've got so many compliments on them anytime I wear them. And for a matching set, it's about £50. So it's not too bad. I know it is more pricey than, you know, maybe what you're used to paying if you're getting stuff on ASOS or Pretty Little Thing and stuff. But really not too bad for how good the quality is. Also, they often have like discount codes and stuff if you follow them on Instagram. And at Bank Holiday Weekend there, they had a 25% off code. So I actually ended up ordering another one because it was on sale for like 27 quid and I was like this is a no-brainer like these bikinis are insane I have to get one for going on holiday even though I was like I actually don't need another one because they're such good quality but you know what is 27 pound down from 55 or whatever it was I was like it has to be done and yeah it just arrived today I tried it on I'm fucking obsessed with it it's like a mint green color with like these white shell hoops or rings kind of on the hips and in between the two triangles on your boobs if you get me I know it's a bit of an annoying recommendation because it is the end of summer as we have just discussed and I'm giving you a recommendation for a bikini brand but they do always do like a good you know 20 or 25% discount code for the end of summer so keep an eye out because I couldn't recommend them more and if you order one now you can have it for next year. So yeah it's called Boho Rose their Instagram is Boho Rose under dash one and it's got the link to their website on there. Their website's www.bohemianrosevintage.com. 
Okay, moving on from recommendations of the week, let's get into this week's podcast topic. So as I have already mentioned, it is September and September means end of summer and end of summer means starting back to or just starting for the first time going to uni. I know there are so many of you guys who listen to this that are currently students or maybe who are just starting uni for the first time in September. So I thought that it would be useful to do a little uni advice slash uni tips kind of episode. And this is applicable to everyone, whether you're going back to uni after one year, two years, three years, or whether you're literally going into first year in September. I know it can seem extremely daunting no matter what stage of uni you're at. I know for me, like being home for four months, it's such a long summer. You get so comfortable at home and then the idea of going back can seem a little bit scary. And I know like lots of you going into first year will be moving to a new city, you know, without friends and things like that. So yeah, I thought I would just share some of the things that I find useful and just kind of like things that I wish someone told me, I guess, when I was starting. Okay, so my first tip This is in no particular order, by the way. This is not like order of importance or anything. And I'm sorry if some of them are a bit obvious, but yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so number one, remember that you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. The first few weeks or even months aren't necessarily going to be enjoyable. I think I thought going into uni that this was going to be like the most fun, most amazing experience. You're going to make the best friends of your whole life, like all these expectations. And yes, don't get me wrong, uni can be that for a lot of people. But I think it's really important to remember that it's not necessarily going to be that straight away. And those first few weeks or as I said, months can be really difficult. You're in a completely new environment with completely new people, a completely new setup in terms of like your daily structure. And, you know, you don't have school to go to Monday to Friday from nine to three or whatever it is. And all of these things combined can make it a really challenging experience. And I would say no one finds that initial, well, maybe there are people out there, but I certainly didn't find that change easy. And like, even if you do meet people that go on to be your best friends at the start, there's only a certain level of how close you really are with someone. So I think just that initial starting period of making friends and establishing your routine and things like that, it is tricky. It is difficult. There are times you'll want to cry and go home. You're just completely out of your comfort zone. You can't expect everything to go really smooth sailing and every second to be enjoyable. It's not realistic. But as long as you recognise that and understand that, you know, this is going to take a bit of work. And once you push through to the other side, you know, then you'll really be able to enjoy it. I actually kind of did a whole episode talking about the reality of uni. If you do want to listen to me talk more about this. But yeah, I think it's just called the realities of university if you want to listen to that episode. Okay, number two. It's okay to stay friends with all your home friends. I know this sounds stupid, but I had this thing in my head. Okay, so the first time I went to uni when I was 18 and I went to Liverpool, a lot of people from my school and people that I was friends with also went to Liverpool. Now, none of them were in the same halls or anything as me. So I wasn't, or none of them were in the same course or anything like that either. 
But I think I had this thing in my head where I wanted this to be like my experience and I wanted to not stay away as far away from them as possible. Nothing like that. Like obviously I could still meet up with them and do fun things with them and I I think I just had it in my head like I want to make my group of friends and I want them to make their group of friends and I don't want to be like stuck to each other's hips and that is a completely fine way to think but not to the extreme whereby then you don't actually meet up with them or reach out to them if you're struggling or you know say I'm having a hard time making friends in these halls can I come and go out with your friends? I think I'd like completely cut myself off from even doing that because I was like, I don't want to bombard on them. And looking back on it, it was just a really silly way to think like your friends are your friends for a reason. They're there for you. You can just stay friends with them in a new city and not make any new friends. (laughs) You can make friends as a group. You can make friends individually and then still come together. It doesn't matter, but don't think that because you're going away from home, you need to only make new friends. Like my brother, for example, I swear, I don't think he's talked to a single English person (laughs) in Newcastle. Like him and his friends from Belfast have all just stayed as their group and they have lived together throughout all of the years. And that's amazing. And I used to look down on that and I used to think, oh, that's ridiculous. Like none of them have even made any new friends. But how cool is that, that like they are that close and they are that good of a friend group that they don't even feel the need to branch out, you know? I feel like, I don't know. I used to think that was a bad thing, but now I'm very much like, that's actually really nice. Okay, number three, join a society. You don't have to be good at it. (laughs) What I have discovered is that I used to always think, you know, to join a society, whether it be hockey, netball, dance, no matter what it was, that you had to be good at it and, you know, because you were then going to be on the team. Um, so if you wanted to be on the team, you were going to have to be some sort of level of good. And the reality is that you can have never done the sport in your entire life and you can still join the society. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are at it. You can join and just be like a social member and not a competitive member and just go to training and go to the socials and not be on any teams. Like, for example, in dance, yeah, you have to audition to get into the competing teams, but there's also just classes every week for people that don't want to be on that and that just want to go to a dance class and then also want to be a part of the dance society and go to the dance socials and everything. And it's the same no matter what the sport. Also, if you're just like completely no to a sport, if you're just not a sporty person whatsoever, you can join their societies that aren't sports. There's literally a fucking vegetarian society (laughs) and like a chess society. Do you know what I mean? There is a society for absolutely everything. It's a really good way to keep up like hobbies that you had at home for a lot cheaper than if you were to go outside of uni and do it. For example, I think like if you join the yoga society, maybe it's like a 10 pound joining fee and then each class is like a pound or something. That is so much cheaper than if you're paying 10 pounds for every yoga class you go to in like a regular studio. So yeah, you don't need to be good at it. You can also take up new things. I was really tempted last year to join with my friend. We were going to join the, what do you call it? Uh, wall climbing society because there's a big wall climbing place in Leeds and the wall climbing society basically just meet up like one night a week and I think you get like a discounted entry you know instead of paying 10 pounds into the place you get like a four pound entry fee and you get the chance to meet other people that go to your uni and stuff so 
that's that would be me literally starting a completely new thing not being good at it so just join something no matter what it is it just gives you another well basically just way to meet people that isn't on your course or in your halls and it just gets you out of the house and stuff gives you a bit more structure in your week and as I said gets you talking to new people that you wouldn't have really met otherwise okay tip number four if you have hobbies or activities it doesn't matter what it is whether it is something you do from the comfort of your own home maybe it's reading maybe it is a walk every day maybe it is a sport no matter what it is try to maintain that when you go to uni I think what happens so often is that you know you're launched into this new environment new people new surroundings you're not familiar with everything you know all of a sudden you aren't going to that same class or you're not on that team anymore whatever it is for example like my whole life I danced so much I was on a team called Kaleidoscope we trained like three times a week and then I also went to ballet where I did two or three times a week all of a sudden you finish school and that all comes to a halt and you have a bit of an identity crisis you're like what is going on here my whole life I've been a dancer I've been going to class six times a week and now I I don't know what to do with myself. The years where I was at home working and I wasn't at uni I found that adjustment really difficult because all of a sudden you know you've gone from not only her whole day being taken up by school but then also all your evenings being taken up by something else and then all of a sudden all of that is just completely gone. So I would say just try not to isolate the hobbies and the activities that you normally find enjoyable or that you did find enjoyable before moving to a new place because it can be really easy when you're in that new environment to just fall out of all of these habits and all of these things that you do enjoy. As I said, it doesn't have to be something like a... Like a I know I keep talking about dance, but like it could literally just be that you read for half an hour a night. It could be that you go on a walk every day. It could be that you go to the gym. Like try and keep up these habits because that is what will give you a lot of stability and kind of ease the transition because you're still carrying on some of the things you know it's not just like you had one life and then now you've got like a completely different life you know some of the things are still rolling over right tip number five this might seem like a bit of an obvious one but honestly it shocks me how many people don't do this so my tip is to buy an academic planner or some sort of diary planner, whatever it is, or just use like Apple calendars or Google calendars. I do not understand how people get by without planning their lives out like this. <laughs> now, I get it when you're in, okay, if you're in a nine to five job or it doesn't have to be nine to five, if you're in any job, you don't necessarily need to organize, be this organized because you just know your working hours from your rota, you go to work and when you're at work you get your tasks given to you. However, uni is not like that. Think of uni as being like you're self-employed, okay? You have to like micromanage yourself. You have to create your daily to-do lists, you have to create your mini targets and your kind of like halfway deadlines and your quarterway deadlines and all these different things you need to stay on top of. Every single day will look different from the next. I know maybe week to week your timetable will be the same in terms of like your in-person hours and your lectures and things. But what you actually do on a daily basis in terms of the work you need to get done, the reading you need to do, the homework you need to do, the 
seminar you need to watch, all these things will change from day to day. And I'm sorry, but no one in their right mind can juggle all that just in their head. It's impossible. If you think that you can, you're completely lying to yourself. (laughs) I'll tell you what way I do it and maybe you want to do the same, maybe you want to do something different. I know everyone works in different ways. Okay, so I use Apple calendars religiously, literally just like the app that's built into your phone and your laptop if you've got an iPhone and a MacBook. I just find it really handy because obviously they sync up. I mean, I know there are plenty of calendar apps like Google calendars. I know there's heaps more where that come from that you can sync up from your laptop to your phone. So whatever you prefer, but I use Apple calendars. And basically anything that is like a week to week set in stone type of thing, plus any appointments and random shit like that goes in the Apple calendar. So at the start of the year or start of the term, I will look at my academic timetable to see, you know, all my, when my seminars, my lectures and stuff are. I put that all in my Apple calendars right up until like Christmas Also, if you're part of any society, like for me, I'd put in like when I have dance, basically everything that is a certain from a week to week basis goes in the Apple calendars. And I also then, as soon as I find out when deadlines are, because you usually find out your deadlines pretty straight away. Well, I do with my course anyway. I don't know about everyone else, but I tend to find out within, like when you get your module handbook, it usually says when the deadline is. So after first week of term, I put in all my deadlines as well. And then it just means anytime I'm making plans to do anything, absolutely everything is in that. And I know not to make plans around deadlines, not to go to this yoga class on a Wednesday because I've got, you know, a seminar then. Just random things like that. It just saves your back and means you don't need to think twice about things because it's all just in your phone. The next part, I actually used to do handwritten. I used to, I really recommend the papier. We don't have a papier in Belfast, but they're all over... England and you can order them online. It's basically like paper chase, like a wee stationery shop, but I prefer Papier. And they do these academic journals and even just their not academic ones, their regular undated planners are really handy because they've got like to-do list sections and stuff as well. And then they've got like your times as well down the side. Yeah, if I was to recommend a handwritten one, I would definitely recommend them. But I have now started doing it all on my laptop. I use, I've mentioned this so many times in my podcast, but I use a website called Notion. It is a little bit tricky to get used to at the start just because it's kind of one of those weird websites that's like fully customizable and you can either set it up yourself or use someone else's templates and things. But once I kind of got to terms with whose templates and shit I wanted to use and I got in the swing of using it, I find it a lot easier to have it just all on my laptop and not like, I don't know, I just find it a bit annoying having to always carry around. Like I'm always going to have my laptop on me especially with uni and stuff, you know what I mean? You're always going to have your laptop when you're at the library, when you're in class, when you're at home. So I find it a lot easier having everything on there with my Apple calendars as well. So yeah, anyway, I use Notion and I basically use that for my kind of like daily to-do list. So basically I will sit down on a Monday morning. I'll look at my timetable for the week ahead. I basically just create like my Monday to Sunday to-do list. And it's really handy when you do it this way on a computer because you if there's anything you don't get done then you just like drag it across to the next day I mean I know if it's written you would just write it in again the next day it's really not that big of a deal but yeah I do just like it and then as the week goes on and you know you have class and stuff and you get set homework so you can add to those to-do lists 
I also split it up into like my to-do list is split with like a wee bar in the middle into two sections one is uni related stuff and then one's non-uni related stuff but yeah it really doesn't matter what way you do this just please do yourself a favor and actually do some sort of weekly planning slash checklist to-do list monthly calendars whatever it is it'll help you so much in the long term keeping on top of things remembering dates for deadlines not forgetting about classes just things like that number six try not to come home for the first term the first term is the hardest as i discussed it is when you're the most kind of you know uncomfortable and don't really have very close friends you're still getting into the swing of things still establishing your routines learning to cook for yourself learning to do your own washing all this stuff and I just think if you can stick out that first term without going home and just push through that initial starting period I really do think it helps you out in the long run I think it makes the time after that so much easier the urge is to when you're homesick to go home all the time and what happens when you give in to that and you go home often you're missing out first of all on time you know when other people are basically becoming closer and spending time with each other that when you're not there and second of all you're getting comfortable being at home and then dreading going back even more so you're kind of like taking a bit of a step backwards I remember when I came home when I was in Liverpool I came home for a weekend and it was the most difficult thing going back. I had to be dragged out into that car to go to the airport. (laughs) I did not want to go back whatsoever and it made it so much more difficult me coming home than actually being back there in the first place. I remember the whole journey to the airport. I was completely silent. I just had no words. I didn't know what to say without bursting into tears. There were tears just streaming from my eyes looking out the car window. I remember my mum turning around to me being like, are you all right? And I was like, no, I'm not all right. Don't talk to me. And she was like, oh, pet, like, I, I don't know what to say. You know, you, you do have to go back. It's not like she can turn around and be like, okay, stay at home. <laughs> and that's the point is that you do have to go back. So just make it easier on yourself and just stay there just for the first term. And then you can do whatever you want. Number seven, this one is pretty self explanatory and it is FaceTiming is the best thing ever. <laughs> I don't really need to elaborate on that, but isn't FaceTime just the greatest? When you're missing people and you can't see them, the next best thing is FaceTime, so use it. Okay, number eight. Get into the habit of batch cooking healthy meals, so then when you're in a rush or you're hungover or whatever it is, you've got good nutritional meals already made up sitting there waiting for you in the fridge in Tupperware that just need to be microwaved. Chances are you're going to be going out a lot, you're going to be drinking a lot, you're going to be busy, you're going to have this new schedule, you're going to have to start cooking for yourself. Realistically, we do not have the time to cook 14 times a week, you know, lunch and dinner for seven days a week. It's not realistic, it's never going to happen. Instead, anytime you are cooking a nice dinner, whether it is curry, pasta, it literally doesn't matter what it is. Try, I try to make enough for three meals. Sometimes it's hard to know your portion sizes and I end up going way overboard. My housemates would always joke that I would literally be able to feed a family of 10 anytime I cooked. But yeah, as a general rule of thumb, I try to make about three portions 
of the thing that I'm making. And if you don't think you're going to eat it, you know, if you don't want to eat the same thing three days in a row, you don't have to. You can freeze one of them. But at least that way, you're looking out for future you. You're potentially saving yourself a lot of money because the amount of times you'll probably wake up hungover and want to order takeaway because you can't be fucked cooking. But you've already made food for yourself. Because there are as well, genuinely, some days you don't have time to cook. There was days last year, the way my timetable worked out, I'd be in uni till five and then I'd start dance at six or seven. So I would just get the bus straight there and then I wouldn't be back in my house until half ten. Do you want to tell me where there was time in that day to cook any meals? There wasn't. So yeah, it's just a really good habit to get into. Number nine. Now this is something I fucking wish someone told me (laughs) years ago and it is Remember that going out doesn't mean you have to get blackout drunk. We have such a culture of it in Ireland where going out means getting absolutely plastered. And you know what? That just doesn't work when you're going out several times a week (laughs) and have to get up the next morning and actually do things. I'm not gonna lie, I only actually discovered this not that long ago that you can go out and just have one or two drinks and call it a night. When you first start back, there are a lot of events going on, there's freshers, all this. You don't want to miss out on things. I used to think, I can't go because I have to get up in the morning and go to a lecture or whatever it is. But like, you can still go and just have a pint and then be at home in bed for half eleven. That took me a long time to get my head around. (laughs) I used to just think, no, going out meant you were going out till at least 3am, getting paralytic. And there was no in between. Don't cut yourself off from things because you can't get drunk, because you can still go to those things and not get drunk. Like, no one can actually balance. Say you're going out four times a week, no one can actually balance going out and actually fully sending it four nights a week and still maintain going to uni. You'd have to be superhuman. Like, it's just not, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Number 10. This may sound really stupid, like, duh, go to class. (laughs) But honestly, get into the habit of going to class from the start. You see it time and time again. People not, this happened to me. This happened to my friend this year. You see it happening so often where people don't make a habit of going to class at the start. And then it gets to a point where they're almost like scared to go. You end up getting into your own head thinking, oh, I haven't gone now. So like, it'd be really weird if I showed up, they'd wonder where I'd been this whole time. Like, I don't know if I'll have to make any excuses. I don't know if it's going to freak me out if I go and then I'll feel like I'm more behind. All these things end up racking up and you're just digging yourself a deeper and deeper hole that gets harder and harder to climb out of. You do not want to get to halfway through the term and you've missed all the classes because you were going out loads at the start of the year and you're now scared to go you're scared to email your lecturer to even say why you haven't been there. You've fallen behind. You don't know what's going on. You're going to have to catch up. Like all these things and they end up accumulating and making your life so much more difficult than they need to be. Just go to class. And I know it sounds simple, but this happens to so many people. Go if you're hungover. Go if you're tired. Go if you think you're not going to learn anything. Go if you don't like your teacher. Just go. It takes the pressure off so much when you've had those in-person hours. And you actually 
know what's going on and some of the time I think half the battle is like wrapping your head around a lot of the things you know wrapping your head around your assignment wrapping your head around your essay coming to grips with like all these things that's like half the battle and then once you start it it's not that bad but if you're not in class to kind of wrap your head around it initially it can be really really hard to I don't know catch up on that Number 11 is just get a laptop case and a sleeve. So a case as in like a hard plastic one like you put on your phone and then a sleeve as in, you know, like the fabric ones that you put it in and then zip it up for when it's actually in your bag. Laptops are just so expensive and I wouldn't want to be taking any risks with spillages of food or water in my bag or... I don't know, your bag gets kicked around all the time or you drop it on the floor when you go to sit down. You just want to be careful. So get a case and a sleeve. Number 12 is just a little bit of an organisational tip. I'm sure most people already do this. I don't even know if I need to say this. But organise your laptop folders, like your files, into... So have it first broken... Have a folder that says uni and then have one that says year one, year two, year three. And then within year one have term one and then within term one have your modules on that term you know like have it all divided so everything is really really easy to find within each module you can even do like week one week two all that and then you can have like your assignment folder within that the last thing you want is for all your files to just be all over the place just floating about your laptop every single thing within just the same one folder and impossible to find everything you'll end up losing things, you'll end up submitting the wrong file. Just make your life easier. Have everything clearly labelled in separate folders. It's like, you know the way they say tidy, tidy space, tidy mind, is it? Like tidy bedroom, tidy mind. Same thing. Tidy laptop, tidy mind. Number 13. Now this is like a budgeting related one. So obviously up until now, If you have worked before uni, you've probably been getting paid weekly or monthly. But now you're going to get your student loan at the start of term and that has to last you for, what, like three months? So take a minute, sit down, work out how much, work out how many weeks you need this to last you first of all. And then divide the amount by the amount of weeks and you can see exactly what you need to be budgeting for per week. Transfer all the money out of your main account, the one you use, the one that's linked to your card, transfer it all out of that. Whether it's to your savings, whether it's to like a wee separate part in your Monzo, it could even be to your mum and get, and then you can either get her or just do it yourself from your savings, transfer yourself that amount weekly. And try to think of it as like the way you would get paid weekly. So if you're starting to run out of money, don't just think, oh, it's fine. I've got more in my savings. Think I don't get paid until Monday when I transfer myself. So I need to make this last me. Basically, just try to trick your brain into thinking that you do not have access to that money. You technically only have what you're getting weekly. And then from there as well, you can suss out maybe more specifically how much money you want to spend a week on certain things. So if you don't want to go over maybe £25 on your weekly shop, whatever it is, try and suss it out so you can gauge how much you have to basically have fun with, to play around with, to do the things you want to do, whether it is, I don't know, go to a fucking pottery class or go out and drink cocktails. 
And everyone's budgets will look completely different because everyone has different priorities. Also, everyone will have different like amounts coming in weekly or per term. So don't like try not to let what other people around you are spending on things influence how you spend your money and think about more what your priorities are and what you value and what's important to you because you know you don't want to just be copying people around you spending money here there and everywhere constantly out drinking and then it actually turns out they have way more money to do that with and then you've just fucked yourself over because you can't afford to eat next week. I went through a phase of within my budget allowing myself to get one takeaway a week It would always probably be when I was hungover or not necessarily hungover, but like, you know, on a Sunday. And then it got to a point and I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending so much money on takeaways? Like, okay, yeah, week to week, it wasn't that much, but obviously it really adds up. And I was like, there's all these amazing restaurants in Leeds that I'm constantly seeing on my Instagram and my TikTok or people are recommending me that have either been to Leeds or are from Leeds and I've never been because I'm sitting at home getting a takeaway. So then I decided I put a ban on takeaways and I decided I was going to use that money to start going out to restaurants and it was the best decision I ever made. (laughs) And look, some people have the money to do both. Some people won't have the money to do either. You just need to find out what works for you. The last thing you want to do is get six weeks into your first term and look at your account and be like oh fuck I have no money left and if you don't separate out that money as in keep it in your savings and then transfer it to you weekly it's going to be really hard to see that number going down because at least if right if you're doing it weekly then you're seeing that number get really close to zero every time whereas when you've just got a big number and it's just slowly working down you won't even realise like literally before you know it, it'll just be gone. And you kind of semi thought you were keeping track of it, but you weren't really because it was hard to remember what you were on from the week before and all that stuff. So just make it easier for yourself. Okay, number 14. This is the final one, last but not least. And this is not probably what you want to hear. So I'm sorry in advance. You have to remember at the end of the day, you are there to study and to get a degree. I know it's not what you want to hear. I'm sorry. But it's so easy to get caught up in thinking that you're just there for like this uni experience and just completely get sidetracked by everything else and forget that the aim of you being there is for you to qualify with a degree. Like Not to bring a dampener on the mood, but the amount of money that goes into you being there from your education fees to your maintenance loans and everything that you're going to be paying back So don't let that go to waste. You can have fun. You can have an amazing experience. You can do all the things you want to do in terms of going out, getting a job, joining loads of societies, making loads of friends, doing weekends away all over England or whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. But just try to remember to not let the uni part slip (laughs) because that is why you're there. I think when you're in school and everyone's talking about going to uni, it's very much like the focus is on going to uni as the uni experience. And it's really not talked about that, you know, actually it is hard work and you do have to put in the hours and get the head down when it matters. But as long as you do that, you'll be fine. And that is all of my tips I have to offer you for university. 
I did have a lot of people asking me if I could talk about, you know, advice for third year. But to be honest, like, I'm not really in a position to do that considering I haven't started third year and I haven't started writing a dissertation. So I don't think I'd be the best person to ask about that. But maybe in half a year or even a year's time, I will be able to do an episode on that for anyone going into third year. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hopefully it was, you know, beneficial or helpful to some of you starting uni or going back in September, October, because I know a lot of the, the reason I've done it early September, because I don't actually start back until like very end of September slash start of October, but I know lots of the Irish unis and the Scottish unis are back pretty soon. So yeah, hopefully this came at a good time right before you're going back. Good luck to absolutely every one of you. I hope the transition goes well and goes as smoothly as can be. And just remember, if it doesn't work out, it's really not the end of the world. There is a lot more to life than going to university, trust me. (laughs) Uni is definitely not for everyone and sometimes we can end up on a path that isn't necessarily the one for us and we just kind of have hopped on it or ended up there accidentally because maybe the pressure around us and it's kind of what everyone else is doing. But just remember, it's never too late to admit that, you know, just because you have started India course and moved somewhere, it is not too late to drop out if you've decided it's not for you. It's what I did and it was very necessary. I have told that full story. I think it was my very first episode, was it? About dropping out of university? I feel like it was. If you haven't listened to that, give it a listen. All about me dropping out. But yeah, most important thing is your happiness. At the end of the day, you just want to be doing what you want to do and what is good for you, not what other people are doing or what's good for them or what you think you should be doing. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you get a chance, leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hope you all have an amazing week. I will speak to you on next week's episode. Bye.